0: Welcome to Simmering Thoughts, where hosts Ryan Akers and Chris Dean lift the lid to sample slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. You can find Simmering Thoughts by visiting our website, simmeringthoughts.podbean.com, by looking us up in Facebook, emailing simmeringthoughts at gmail.com, or following us on Twitter at Simmer Thoughts. We'd love to hear from you and would appreciate any ratings and reviews you feel we've earned by posting those at google play and in itunes settle in and enjoy welcome back to simmering thoughts this is ryan acres your host Uh, with me today is not my normal co-host chris dean but instead we have a special guest joining us from the front pew uh, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, a uh, member of the Berean Media Network, the Front Pew Podcast, one of their co hosts, Matt Caps. He is the pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Apex, North Carolina, and we want to welcome him to Simmering Thoughts.
1: I'm glad to be here, and thank you for the kind words about the Front Pew. I'm excited to be here with you to talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit tonight.
0: That's exactly what we're going to talk about. We are deep into our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Tonight, we're going to focus on kindness and gentleness, uh, two very important aspects of the Christian walk. And before we do that, though, some of our listeners may not know a whole lot about you, Matt. So if you could give us a little bit more of an introduction than I did, uh, so that folks kind of understand where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, like you said, I'm the pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Apex, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh. And uh, I'm married uh, to Laura and we have three kids and um, graduate of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and also attended Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary and um, just love pastoral ministry, love to talk uh, theology and how it applies to everyday life. And um, and really, um, I, I like to, to cultivate just kind of a pastoral uh, mentality in myself to be a good shepherd to the people that God has called me to. And so anytime we can get together and talk about some of these scriptures that that, that really apply to to me as their pastor and what I want to um, encourage in them, I always take those opportunities um, and enjoy them uh, very much.
0: Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on a guest, especially for this episode, is that I sense that from you in listening to the podcast and in, in hearing how you uh, measure your words and think that's w- our first episode. You may not know this. Our first episode was when not to speak. Uh, and we <laughs> talked about what it was that Christians should really just hold their words in. Uh, and, yeah. and that's something that I can, I hear you do quite regularly and, and measure your words before you use them. And I think that applies. It does apply greatly to the topic we have tonight. And I sense that, that uh, pastoral nature uh, in how you phrase things, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to specifically invite you to this episode. Uh, well, and,
1: you're, you're very kind. I, <laughs> I, I don't always do it perfectly. I don't think it I, even I, succeed I there. I would say I would say it's God's work in me, um, so um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, I fail miserably uh, more often than not. So uh,
0: that will be something we get to a little bit uh, as we get started. I do want to jump in to looking at one particular part, it's not the the traditional fruit of the spirit verse that everybody looks at in Galatians, but it is a very much related and parallel passage. Uh, If we Mm -hmm. look in Colossians 3, I want to read just verse 12 and 13. And I think we're going to hear some of the very same things that come out of, and the same concepts that come out of the Galatians passage. But I think this really brings in the focus on these two particular things we're talking about and really combines them into another. It says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you. So also should you in looking at that and thinking about kindness and compassion and I, that passage really gels together for me, kindness and gentleness under the umbrella of humility. And yeah. for me, it, it's, I find myself being least compassionate, least kind, least gentle when I'm in that prideful, selfish moment. Uh, and, and so the fruit of the spirit showing itself through those things, uh, is is really reflective i keep coming back to this verse in the last few years it's been huge on my mind is galatians two twenty and and as we identify with christ in our death our spiritual uh, regeneration then and and living our life with him as we do that dying to ourselves and living through him when we do that we get rid of that selfishness and pride and that allows the humility the gentleness the kindness to kind of show through and I think yeah, sometimes I have, in church life, that becomes a big problem.
1: It does. It does. And I think uh, one of the things that popped out to me as you read that verse was uh, Paul says, put on um, compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. And and also in Galatians 5 when he says, you know, walk in the spirit. So there is an intentional um there's an intentional part of this that you put it on that you walk in it it's it doesn't it, uh, as someone said you don't drift into holiness you don't drift i don't think you don't you don't drift into compassion you don't drift into kindness or gentleness i think by our nature we're wired differently but the key i think is what you read in verse 13 where it says just as the lord has forgiven you and so i think uh, any time that i'm not compassionate or, um, kind or gentle with others, I have to remind myself, um, how has Christ or how has God through Christ treated me? Uh, um, and, and that hopefully <laughs> in most cases will melt my heart and, and change the way I treat others, or at least bring me to conviction when I have failed. Um, and so I think that's a very important part of this process. Paul, Paul's very good with, um, the scalpel. in in these letters isn't he
0: yes (laughs) it points it directly at you uh it it cuts these are passages i i have made a habit over the last few summers i'm a teacher and so i have a a little bit more time in the summer than i do the rest of the year to focus and to to really dig into the word in the last several summers i've made a a point of studying galatians and james and every time galatians just tears me up and and i've it doesn't it, it's not that I feel defeated after I read it, but I see areas and, and places where I just have not been able to sustain as I'd like to. Uh, yeah. And it, it's really a challenge. Uh, and that whole idea of, of putting on and walking and, and being intentional is, is very much uh, a big part of that. Uh, I wonder if, if we could focus in on why is it so hard? And we've talked about this with love and with joy. And with thankfulness, uh, related to the fruit of the Spirit, thankfulness is. But we've talked about it, especially with those, in in that it's a sin thing. But in those cases, it's a little bit different than, I think, kindness and compassion and gentleness. Uh, yeah. And why it's so hard for us, you know, there's a lot of the kindness thing that's just a matter of, of stopping for a moment and thinking mm-hmm. before you do something. Uh, And then, and then, you know, as it, as it points out in Philippians that we should think of others good before our own, instead of seeking out after what we want to seek out uh, that we should put on Christ's humility where he sought out the good of others. But I still can't figure out why it's so hard for me to do that when I already know it. How do I, how do I cultivate that? How do I, how, why is it so hard to cultivate that?
1: I think I was uh, you know I was thinking about that a little earlier and I thought you know for one I think you nailed it for one these the fruits of the spirit the things we're talking about are are aimed at the good of others it's kind of the outworking of um love God with all of who you are and love your neighbor as yourself um our world on the other hand the the stream we swim in um tells us we hear this message over and over in our culture to 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 aim everything at ourselves so we live in a world where everything is instant instant gratification Um, and we live in a world where um, in our environments at work or at school or even sometimes in our families where kindness and gentleness does not always benefit us Um, and so you have to it's either you know step over or step on someone to get where you want need to go or, or to get what you want to get or you have to intentionally stop and, and apply the gospel to your heart and figure out what's the, what's the best way to respond in this situation that both honors God and treats my neighbor, um, as I would myself want to be treated. And so, um, you know, as I think about Galatians, um, you know, right before the fruit of the spirit, he talks about the, the, the work of the flesh being things like selfish ambition, which is being competitive, Um, That always results in discord. He talks about envying others, that's coveting, which I think always, well, most of the time results in bursts of anger um, towards others. He talks about jealousy, which is building your ego, um, which when you have a room full of people that are focused on their own ego building, that's going to result in divisions. And so I think the world around us um, celebrates, champions the opposite things of what Paul is instructing us to do. And then, you know, but the problem's not the world. The problem's not outside of us. The problem's inside of us. And so I think you also have the sinful nature, which uh, I think stirs your affections to match that of the world. And so that you don't honor God, you don't love your neighbor as yourself. And so you have to be very careful and very intentional and very, um, I guess, uh, self-reflective in these things and, 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 and learn how to cultivate them over time in your life.
0: Uh, that word self-reflective makes me squirm sometimes uh but that's exactly (laughs) i think uh one of the keys because we we don't see ourselves as others see us that's one of the things i'm constantly trying to teach the students at school and there are some students where it's it's a part of their personality they just don't understand how other people perceive what they say and what they do there's such a there's a disconnect that they have yeah. in how they understand that. And quite honestly, as an adult, that happens to me regularly where, uh, you know, I'm in a situation and, and I'm just reading react in the situation. And I don't realize that the way I said that the tone I used, it may not yeah. even be that the, the actual phraseology that was involved, but the tone that was around it just yeah. cuts at somebody. And, and, in the in the in the music rehearsal world there's you know just like there is in any closed community there develops a uh, a bond between people and there's little barbs that you shoot back and forth and you know in that in that situation a lot of times it's done in fun but we develop in those situations a voice of sarcasm and yeah. we can take that voice of sarcasm out of that range and take it to another realm without realizing it <laughs> and now Now we're using a steak knife when we really ought to be using a spoon uh, (laughs) and we end up slicing people with our acerbic wit. Uh, And, and you know, I, I, I spend a ton of time on Twitter. I've talked about that a lot on the podcast and that is so easy on Twitter to get that, that sharp wit out and fire off a, a thing and hit send and realize, uh, yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Or somebody comes back at you with it and you realize what you've done. And you may not have said it intending that wit, but it just yeah. came out because that was the nature that you're used to speaking with. You haven't tamed that part of your, your vocabulary and it leads you into uh, literally slicing people with your words uh, and cutting yes. them down. And uh, I, I often think, back to the sermon on the mount and and I it's I hate to overbroaden what you know we always feel like the sermon on the mount we take what is what's plain in scripture and then he broadens the rule on you and you go oh my goodness how big is this I think in this case you know when you take your sarcasm and you start tearing into somebody to to say well you know you said this but this is and and you start to to turn language on its head with sarcasm mm-hmm. which is the point of sarcasm is to yeah. to be ironic and and humorous and a little biting uh by turning things sideways when you do mm-hmm. that that's not that much different than calling someone a fool and yeah. and there's a a lack of of recognition of the other person's heart when you're saying yeah. it and and you're not you're not concerned about wounding them you're concerned about looking funny or looking witty uh, instead of being an edifier
1: yeah and that's that goes back to there's there 's self awareness and then awareness of others, and so Ooh, I like that uh, you know you, you you ask yourself why did I say that? why did I do that? what was I trying to accomplish and when you start asking those questions, like you said a minute ago, that can be very painful because you realize just how broken you are and how much you crave attention or how much you crave to to get the upper hand, and that 's not Uh, Reflective of what Christ has called us to in loving our neighbors as ourselves, Um, and I think our personalities play into this as well uh, in some ways. I mean, some people are born or nurtured to have a gentle and kind disposition. Yes, Um, some are not. They're just harsh or mean, and maybe that's from their upbringing or their background, or maybe that's that's how they have dealt with the world. That's their disposition. Or, or, Or for me, sometimes when I respond in a way that's not gentle or not kind, it's because either one i am facing um defeat or discouragement or i'm just tired um usually when i'm tired or or hungry you could say hangry <laughs> um I, you know so there there's both a there's a natural um um portion of this there is an environmental por- portion of this but ultimately it comes you know when you start to ask these questions why did i say that why did i do that you get down to the heart and and, and realize it's really a spiritual problem and what makes i think this so difficult to discern is that some people um, may demonstrate kindness or gentleness um for self centered reasons um, in other words um it, it's it's you know i'm kind and gentle as a means to another end um rather than glorifying God whether it's self promotion or projecting a certain image of myself like you mentioned a minute ago um and so these people some people can, can seem kind and gentle because they're they're Either they're laid back or they're not easily bothered by nature, Um, but that can be out of a heart of indifference towards others or just laziness. And so um, this whole discussion is interesting because it's not as cut and dry um, as you'd like it to be. I mean, this is why I think Paul, you know, the scalpel we use on others, Paul turns back on us. And uses the scalpel of the spirit, um, but when he cuts, he cuts to heal. When we cut, we cut to hurt. And yes. so I think there's a there's a difference as you examine Scripture and examine your heart. These things become a lot clearer. And it's not always um, an easy process. Uh, it's it's a it's a long term wrestling. It's it's the process of sanctification um, and, and returning um, back to God's word and trying to to glorify Him and again love your neighbor as you would want them to love uh, you. Um, so it's, a. this is, this is a a deeper conversation. These scriptures that we're talking about tonight that really, it really cuts to the heart of who we are and what we're about.
0: Absolutely. As you were going through that, something popped in my mind. That's a, a practical thing for me as a, as a deacon, as a leader in the church and, and as somebody involved in different ministry levels as a Sunday school teacher, uh, how we handle situations where we need to rebuke somebody where we're teaching and they, you know, in the middle of Sunday school, somebody mentioned something that's blatantly heretical, uh, or, you know, (laughs) that, that, and that happens sometimes, whether it's by accident or whether it's just out of ignorance or whatever, uh, or if somebody is in, uh, in an attitude where they're not being kind and, and gentle, uh, how we handle and rebuke that, and and how we process through doing things, it is difficult sometimes to maintain kindness when you're in, yeah. in, when you're correcting somebody. Uh, and yeah. I, I, what pops in my mind is in, in there in Galatians, right in the next next breath after what we're looking at in chapter five comes chapter six in verse two. Bear one another's burdens, but what right in front of that in verse one restore someone who's in sin in gentleness, yes. each one looking to yourself. And yeah. I think that, that whole pattern right there really looks backwards into uh, chapter five as much as it does looking forward in the, into chapter six, that that as we fail yeah. in our fruits of the spirit, we need to be gentle about how we handle that. And as, from a practical Inside the the church building, in in ministering in the community, as we go through what we do, you know, when we're rebuking someone, a harsh rebuke stirs up anger. A gentle word soothes the spirit. And so as we rebuke, we need to find a way. Is there a way, as I rebuke, that I can do this in a sense of gentleness? Is there a way I can identify? And this is where the beauty to me in the gospel, there's a beauty here. Where Christ identifies with us, so that He can look at us and say, "Now you've done this. I've been there with you. I have paid the price for you. Now come join me and learn My ways."
1: Yeah. And so, how? Let me turn the table on you and ask you a question. Then, sure. How? When you? I say, when someone in Sunday school, or when someone in a small group, or or, or whatever situation you find yourself in, if you have to rebuke. Uh, What kind of things do you keep in mind um, that that help cultivate a kind and gentle spirit as you rebuke someone? Uh,
0: One of the things is, as I'm learning and reading and growing in my own understanding of theology and in my understanding of the scriptures and and seeing how the scriptures connect together, which is something that for me, I'm growing into right now. uh, Mm -hmm. I remember things that I thought I knew and things that I thought made sense and that now they don't work, and they weren't right, and they were uh, a children's understanding of what Scripture says because I just didn't yeah. know, and I hadn't thought through it. Now, if it's somebody who's uh, spent the time to study and they come to this very wrong view uh, according to what Scripture says, that's a, that's becomes a different situation. But I don't start there. I start assuming. Yeah. I have to assume they don't know uh, yeah. and then work from there and be patient with it. it you know, if, if you think you're going to rebuke someone who has a long held uh, view <laughs> in just yeah. a moment, it's going to take you a little bit to break down and, and really understand their argument. And it, one of the ways I think is I think in building structures. And so, you know, as I have to examine each little piece of the overall structure of that thought before I can really reject something that I've held. Mm-hmm. Uh, It it takes a high bar for me to totally move away from something I've held before because I've come to it for a reason. Now, there are some things Mm -hmm. that I've come to for wrong reasons and because I just didn't, I I grasped a hold of the wrong part of the argument and made one brick too big. Uh, And so I need to go back and rework a little bit. Uh, But, you know, there's there's those things where I have to understand where I've been. And I think one of the things that's helped me over uh to to visualize that a little bit better is thinking about all the different people that pilgrim runs into in in pilgrim's progress and yeah, the yeah. different ways that the and reactions that he had to the different ways that he was treated you know some of those <laughs> characters treated him with harshness and you can read yeah. the reaction and you can see that reaction differently toward the ones that are gentle uh and yeah. and and there's a there's a parallel between Uh, the maturity of the character that he runs into and the gentleness with which they respond. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you think about how the difference between how a grandfather disciplines and corrects a child and how a father disciplines and corrects a child. And -hmm. there's an element of wisdom there that granddad has that has come often at a price. And if you sit and talk to them, they will tell you that, there were times they wounded their child and they recognize that now and they need to do it differently this time
1: yeah absolutely and i think those are those are important very important points I, i since you began the conversation with the hypothetical um someone spouts something out in a sunday school class or a small group or a meeting uh, of theological nature that you may disagree with. And maybe it's heresy. Maybe it's just a wrong view of, Mm -hmm. of scripture. I I try to, what I try to do is think, okay, there are different tiers of theology. There are the, you know, this is Al Mohler's uh, theological triage. I kind of try to do that in my head and think, okay, is this an issue that I can agree to disagree with this brother or sister and still be in fellowship? Or is this something that's so detrimental not only to their own faith, but only to our, also to our church that I need to to push back, um, in a way that's persistent, but also loving. And I try to keep in my mind, the end goal is always sanctification that the whole body may grow up into the, to the head Christ. Um, I also try to keep in mind they're on a journey. Um, they, these things take time. It must be cultivated. I don't know. Sometimes you don't know where someone is on their theological journey or where, where they are in their Christian walk. And then I think lastly, I try to always think, okay, um, I'm no different you know you mentioned this as well uh, there have been times where um i have moved from one position to the next or i have said something that i look back on in retrospect and realize that was wrong or that was just foolish um and so i try to uh, i think those things help me show grace to others and it also mm-hmm. helps me respond with kindness and gentleness um keeping those big picture items in mind
0: in with that i go right back to the the colossians passage forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you, you know, yes. it, it comes right back into there. Uh, and so it's, it's a, it's, it's hard to have that, that patience in the moment, uh, yeah. and to ask yourself, and I, I catch, I do this often in, in Sunday school as I'm teaching, uh, we have a little bit more of a, a discussion based process. Uh, most of the folks that are in my class are, uh, a little bit more, Uh, mature at least at our age level Uh, most of us are uh, childhood or early teen converts Uh, we are for the most part folks that are in the word regularly uh, and Mm -hmm. are are students of the word and so there's a, a level of conversation there that we can get into and and we're we're bouncing back and forth between books and ideas and and references and those are all great things but there's times when we start on a on a on a rabbit trail off the side, and I have to ask myself, Is is for where we are and what this class is, is this a beneficial place to go? And if yeah. it is, I, I give it lead and, and let it go. Uh, and then sometimes I'm I, I recognize that the place this is going to take is probably is going to get us into trouble, so let's let's steer ourselves back. And I think yeah. you do the same thing with uh comments that you know, like we're talking about, things that are either misunderstandings of scripture or uh, just disagreements where we just have a different opinion about it, but it's not something that's going to change whether we have brotherhood with that person. You know, is it worth right now pushing back? Is this something I can handle in two weeks that we sit down after I've had a chance to study and think to come back to it and then see that that's where that is? Uh, An example um my wife was in a Sunday school class at one point. We had, had intentionally went to different Sunday school classes for a little while because we wanted to hear different teachers uh, for mm-hmm. a little bit. And in the process of that, she was starting to come into being one of the teachers for that particular class. And there was a comment that was made a few weeks before she took over uh, where one person heard it one way and the person who said it meant it a different way and they didn't address it right away and yeah. they didn't address it later and they didn't address it. And one person thought that she was being, uh, heard as having bad theology and mm-hmm. because, and they didn't address it. They didn't ever come together to talk about it and to come to that uh, agreement. And that caused a rift in that relationship. And so I think it's important we do recognize, we need to recognize where we have differences with brothers and with sisters and we need to to recognize it and talk about it and, and let it be part of our relationship that we know we disagree here and that's okay. We don't, we're not required to be robots and and be exactly the other person. Uh, We can see things from different angles and that's okay up to a point. Now there are points where it's worth saying this is something that's going to require that we worship in different places That's a little bit different, Uh, but, but that's something that you come to after a, after a discussion. That's not something you tripwire immediately. Uh, I I think about the instruction to, uh, to how, I think it's in, I think it's in Timothy, might be Titus. Uh, Actually, I think it's Titus on how to handle an elder. If you have to correct an elder, do it in gentleness, do it with witnesses, do it. You know, to to have that that process about it, and I think our relationships with each other are ought to be a lot more about process and a lot less about event.
1: Oh, that's a good word.
0: As as we get, that's it felt like a nice period right there. So I'm going to segue just a little bit.
1: <laughs> There's nothing else you can add to that. You just
0: nailed it. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, let's <laughs> let's slide this a little sideways then. And how's and,
1: how's that for your humility? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't like having final words like that. Uh, if we could, let's look at how do we cultivate this in ourselves. So we've talked about about that the difficult part is having that uh, that weight and in, in having that that long view. where What are some things that we can do in our Christian walk uh, that will help us to build up the long view that will help us to build up the patience, and the reserve and to have the, you know, you mentioned earlier how it's, you know, times when you're frustrated, feeling defeated, when your, your physical body is in a situation that it's just not up to par when you're sick, when you're hungry, that you're, it's hard to have those compassions. How do we build the margins around our emotions through the Christian walk to where we can have that ability to to develop this fruit of gentleness and kindness.
1: Yeah, I mean I'll start with I think the the physical nature of it um is get enough sleep. I mean this sounds kind of dumb, but get enough sleep, you know, when you when you put your head on the pillow and and close your eyes and go to sleep you're acknowledging that you're not God. There's only one being in the universe that does not sleep and that's God. And so there is a humility that's involved in going to bed at night um and recognizing that without sleep, without rest, you cannot function. Um uh, eating well, exercising, all those things fall into the same category. There's also, I think, you know, that that's kind of personal environmental, you know, be aware of the things, the situations, the people that may make it difficult for you to be kind and be gentle. Like, uh, you know, be aware of when you, when you walk into this situation, you've had trouble in the past, um, demonstrating the fruit of the spirit, uh, in this situation, in this conversation or with this specific person. Um, and when it comes to your spiritual side, uh, Paul I think he chooses his metaphors very carefully um, and when you go to Galatians um, 5 when he's talking about uh, the the fruit of the spirit that word fruit is intentional it's an agricultural picture which shows you that this requires slow growth a tilling of the soil a watering of the plant this gradual change that demonstrates the work of the spirit within you and that's a journey that you're own for the entirety of your life. Um, and so the, you know, you, and so part of this is you, you realize, uh, we will realize as believers, you know, the fruit, which we bear reveals what kind of tree we are, you know, you know, a tree by its fruit. Um, and, and I, I look at the fruit of the spirit, the, 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 fruits we're talking about tonight as, as traits or characteristics of God that are demonstrated or to be reflected, um, in his people. Um, and so this, there, in a sense, you look at that and say, well, I can never obtain to the level of kindness and gentleness that God has shown me. Well, certainly you can't. But when you see that God has shown you that, those, those things through Christ, um, and you have the spirit within you empowering you to reflect God, um, and you have the word before you which um, can remind you and and, and and point you in these directions, um, there is certainly no reason uh, – to, to, shy away from it. There, there's, there's, there's reason to pursue these things, um, uh, for the glory of God and for the, the good of others. Um, and so I look at kindness, um, and I think the best definition I've heard of kindness is love in action. So it's like a, a sincere desire for happiness of others. It's a, a readiness to do good, to help, to relieve burdens, to be useful, to serve, to be, to be sympathetic of others. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a very practical, um, expression of love, um, and, and gentleness or humility is, is self forgetfulness. I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was Tim Keller or Rick Warren, or if it was, um, Elmo on Sesame street, but somebody said, um, somebody said humility is not, um, thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I think by nature, all of us think of ourselves all the time, um, and so this humility is not being self-absorbed, it's not being, um, it's not being always focused on what, what, what good can I, can I gain for myself, but, but what good can I do for others? Uh, and so, uh, these are really interesting categories and I'm, you know, as I look at kindness and gentleness, I think it's, it's really, um, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult in certain situations, it's difficult with certain people. Um, and I think it it takes the power of God, or it takes your emotions under the control of God, to demonstrate these things. Um, it takes strength or God's strength to be truly gentle or truly uh, kind to others. So th- these things are born in power, not in weakness. A lot of times in our culture, you'll think that that kindness or gentleness those are those are those are signs of weakness, or uh, uh, that you know this person's he, he's weak compared to other people in the world. But it's really um, power under the control. It's, it's power under the control of God. Uh, and it's, it's knowing, as you mentioned earlier, what not to say or when not to, when not to say it or how not to say it or how not to act. Um, and so, uh, you really, when you look back at the fruit, you realize, okay, if this is cultivated over a long period of time, you have to realize that it's, it's not always going to be instant. It's going to be something that you have to cultivate, um, Obedience, long obedience, in the same direction as you, you, Eugene Peterson said. Um, and I kind of, I kind of imagine Eugene Peterson. I don't agree with everything he says, but I kind of, when I listen to him talk, he exudes this kind of kindness and gentleness that we're talking yes. about. Um, I almost picture him sitting in a rocking chair with a, a warm fuzzy sweater, drinking his. Um, I don't know, hot chocolate with a nice warm <laughs> smile. That's that. That's what I picture when I think about kindness and gentleness. Yeah. Is is Eugene Peterson in his cabin, right? Um, <laughs> uh, and so, if that's something we can all aspire to, let's all put on our fuzzy sweaters and drink hot chocolate and have a warm smile on our face. There
0: you go. I, but I, it's
1: it's measured. It's measured response to others. It's measured and an intentional act of love to others.
0: If I could spin a couple of uh, analogies. Uh, that direction you, you talked about the measuring and one of the things we've t- we've mentioned many times is the carpenter's adage, "measure twice and cut once." And I oh, think yeah. as we use our words uh, and, and kindness and gentleness, this applies so much uh, that that per- particular analogy is applicable here. Uh, this other analogy I had, I was thinking uh, you had mentioned something and it, my brain often goes you know three train tracks to the right and then it'll whip six <laughs> to the left and. I don't stay in one thought very long, and and I thought about uh, some times that I have gone wandering off in the woods, and yeah. you you often run into different kind of branches along your path, and yeah. the branches that are older, when you try to push them, one they push back and hurt, but two when they snap yeah. they snap, yeah, and we often think about people who uh, lose lose control of kindness and go toward mm. anger as someone who has snapped. Uh, and yeah. the same thing with uh, with with being gentle. And we, we say that they've snapped. When we think about, mm. as you walk through the woods, the younger, more uh, more flexible green wood, you might say, the, the wood that's still moist, uh, when yeah. you hit it, you can bend it, you can twist it, you can tie it in a knot, and it's not going to snap. Uh, and it's got that, that freshness to it. Yeah. And the freshness, yeah. you know, whether it's water by the fact that it's so young or whether it's been raining and it's wet, it doesn't matter. Uh but mm-hmm. the the fact of the matter is that it's 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 gentle wood in that it's green and that it's alive yeah. and that it's growing. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. so much of of where we need to be if we want to cultivate this is we need to be in the water of the word. We need yeah. to be Absolutely. in the Holy Spirit as we spend time in prayer. You know, the, the Christian disciplines that, that we so often uh, hear about uh, are so important to this, to maintain that flexibility uh, with life. You, know, you, mm-hmm. you run up against hard things and hard people. Are you going to snap? Or are you going to bend with it? And are you going to yeah. bend in such a way that you don't come back to shape? Or are you going to bend yeah. in a way where, you know, that flexible, you know, we used to call them whippets because, you know, you could hold it back and you snap somebody pretty good with them. And, yeah. you know, are you going to be like that whippet that whips back into shape, Uh, even when you've gotten a little out of shape? And that comes yeah. from uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you. I, I, in teaching Sunday school, we've been going through Mark, and we are not too far out of dealing with the, the several soils uh parables that all come in a row. And, yeah. you know, you think about those, you mentioned that agricultural tie in, and you have the fruit right here, the fruit of the Spirit. We have that same tie-in that, you know, this is a, a time task. It's not something you can set. You know, I hear so much about people say, you have to set a measurable goal with a measurable end. That doesn't work with the fruit of the spirit. It just yeah. doesn't. You're going to, you know, just like any fruit there are, you know, you watch a farmer's field and you, you, you watch it for a week and it doesn't look like anything changed. You go Mm -hmm. back to sleep, you come back two days later, and now everything has changed. Uh, And I see the same thing in my son as he grows. There are periods where it's just status quo for a while, and then something will happen, and a moment of growth starts, and whether it's height growth, or whether it's maturity growth, or whether it's spiritual growth, and then boom, growth has happened. And I think think that is something we need to be aware of, and and not be discouraged in a time where... You're, you're struggling to grow these fruit and to yeah, understand absolutely. that it's going to be uh, uh, an ebb and flow that you're going to have times where you struggle with this. And that's where, that's where the, the Galatians 6 part of bearing each other's burdens, you know, when I see a brother that's struggling with kindness that's my opportunity to help build him up. And so I think I want to pivot just a little bit to a a part of the discussion that we've had where we talk about cultivating it in others. And I think I almost want to pair that, not only how can we cultivate it in others, but what happens when we are, what happens to relationships uh, that when we're not cultivating it, we're going to end up breaking it. You're either cultivating it or not. So what are some of the, the, the disparate... Uh, reactions to that? What are the relationship repercussions to yeah. cultivating this in others or not cultivating in others? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I, if you go to, I was, I was reflecting on um, Galatians five, Ephesians five, Colossians three as we're, as I was preparing to talk tonight and, and thought, you know, in especially in, in, um, in, in, Galatians five, Paul says we either intentionally live by the spirit verse 16, or we gratify the flesh. We intentionally are led by the spirit talks about walking, um, keeping in step with the spirit, which I always thought would be a great title for a Christian aerobics VHS tape, but, um, (laughs) yeah, we (laughs) either keep in step. We either keep in step with the spirit, um, or we don't, we, we gratify the flesh. Mm. Um, I think so. And, and, and I think you see the, the repercussions of that in your relationships um, because either you are um, crucifying your flesh or you are rewarding or feeding your flesh, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the time, um, you know, at least in my life, if, if I am operating in a way that is um, gratifying the flesh or treating others with, um, with anything other than kindness or gentleness, I see by implication that provokes them to do the same. So you can you can kind of lead others. You can either respond in kindness and gentleness, and perhaps they will respond the same way, or you can respond by taking them out or bullying them over, and it's just going to provoke and agitate the situation even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think one of the things you uh, to go back to your the, to the uh, the field analogy. What's so beautiful about that is the farmer all all he can do is till the soil which you know I, I look at that and think that's preparing the heart or, or really mm-hmm. examining the he can water the soil which you you already you've connected that with the word um and that's you know that's what i love about colossians 3 when he says let the word of christ dwell um richly among you um mm-hmm. uh, and and so th- there's this idea that you 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 do the work on the heart you 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 water the the word uh you, you allow the word to dwell in you richly um, and you respond in a way that um, is, is glorifying to God. When you don't, um, when you are not actively um, searching your heart, when you're not actively staying within the word, when you're not being, you know, walking in step with the spirit, um, you are naturally going to turn back to the, to the things that um, I believe um, cultivate division and divisiveness and kind of this ego building that, that, that ultimately disrupts our relationships. Um, and so this is a very intentional act of obedience and discipline. And the word discipline there, I think, is important because discipline does not come naturally. You have to work at it. Yes. Um, like I said earlier, I, I just love that quote, no one drifts into holiness. No one drifts into kindness. No one drifts into um, gentleness. It's something you have to actively pursue, knowing that the Spirit of God lives in you, knowing you have the Word to bolster that. and and you have the power of God behind you to do something that's supernatural. It's not natural. It's not coming from you. It's coming from God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when, when the farmer does all that work, he has to trust in God for the growth, right? So I think ultimately that's the hope in this conversation for me is I look at my own life and think about the times I failed to show someone, um, kindness or to treat someone gently. Um, I realized that, that, that ultimately this, this work comes from God, that he who began a good work in me will complete it in the day of Christ. As I continue down this road, um, he will sanctify me. He will, he will grow me up. Um, and a lot of times he, you, you get, you learn, you learn these things through failing. I mean, you learn mm-hmm. when you're walking through the woods, you learn, um, not to run into the young branch, right? <laughs> yes. You you learn the path over time. And um, I, that's why I think, you know, I have, I have a few, I have uh, one deacon, particularly mine in our church, who um, has said on multiple occasions that now that he's older, he's probably in his 60s now, um, he is a lot more kind and gentle and patient in his responses to certain things than he was when he was younger. Um, and so he is a very um, he's, he's wise, he's measured, he is gentle and kind, but that comes through weathering. <laughs> that yes. comes through being in this situation is being pressed through, um, circumstances that teach you that God uses to teach you, um, 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 how to live in a way that honors him and and loves others. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, One of the passages that, that jumped in my mind in, in the midst of all that is from the beginning of Colossians, uh, starting in verse nine, for this reason, also, since the day we heard of it, We've not ceased yeah. to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding that's heading toward the fruit of the spirit already right there. And yep. here's, here's the cool part that, that this is what triggered me here. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to yeah. please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining yeah. of steadfastness, mm-hmm. patience, and then joyously giving thanks uh, mm-hmm. to the Father who's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and the light. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it comes from him. He qualifies you. He grants it to you. He gives it to you. We're praying yeah. that you will be grown up into it, that you can walk worthy of the Lord. And, you know, that... It's it's so easy. We were talking about it in Galatians, how you know I read Galatians and it, it kind of it kinda of cuts at me a little bit, and the Spirit does do that from time to time. He will he will uh, prune you as you grow, and that hurts. Yeah. That process hurts. And yeah. you end up getting to a point of recognizing that there is hope in that, even when you're being pruned, there is hope in that because this is from God, this is related to who he is. And this is, we haven't touched on this yet, but the overarching thing that we've been talking about with the fruit of the spirit is that it's really a, a reflection of who God is and yeah. and the gifts that he's given us, what he's done for us and the promises he's given us. Uh, that's the basis for the hope. That's the reason we are Uh, seeking the things of the Spirit. That's the reason that He's given us the Spirit in the first place so that we could seek out the things of the Spirit and grow in sanctification and grow in Christ-likeness and and walk worthy of Him.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, And I think another thing I'd like to point out is the the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, it seems to me that they work together. Um, You know, when you... Um, grow in your love for someone. Um, you are more patient and kind and gentle. Mm-hmm. When you have the peace of God, um, in your life, you have more self control. When you have the joy of God, the joy that is in, in Him, the treasures forevermore, um, your, your, your faithfulness. Um, seems to increase so it's almost you know i see these as plants that grow together they're 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 all connected to the same vine so um, you're saying this
0: is kind of like what my dad used to do with kentucky wonders and silver corn
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have no clue what that even means but if if you want to explain it to me
0: well we we used to keep a garden in the backyard and it was something he learned he would he would always plant corn and beans in the same hole Uh, he Uh would always plant kentucky wonder beans and the the Whatever corn he grew that year, Silver Queen was one of our favorites. Often did did uh, different varieties, but he would always plant them together because the stalk of the corn would help the beans have something to grow up. You wouldn't have to put a bean a uh, uh, pole out; it just grow up the corn, and it and they worked together. They didn't take each other's nutrients, uh, and they they helped replenish each other in a lot of ways. And at, at least that's what he told me. I never did study it enough. He grew up. Uh, in the hills of Eastern Kentucky, and that's that's the way they did it. And well, to uh, answer
1: your question, then yes, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Woo!
0: <Woo-hoo>, another agriculture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I mean you, you think about these metaphors that Paul uses; they're they're intentional. I mean, this him God speaking uh, through Paul as he writes these letters. These these metaphors are not just some kind of illustration he found and. In Tony Evans' book of, um, of sermon illustrations, these are given by God. Yes. And I think you, you, you look around at the world and you see there are illustrations um, of the spiritual life mm-hmm. all around us. And I think it's very intentional that he uses an agricultural metaphor mm-hmm. um, specifically for these things.
0: Uh, it's one of the things that my dad did teach me and my grandfathers as well. And, uh, and, and I, I learned the lesson as an adult through interacting with my father-in-law. Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's a lot of importance about learning theology from the book and knowing uh-huh. it from the book, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of wisdom and experience that, that, that men and women like farmers and carpenters. Uh, my, my, strangely enough, my father-in-law, he was a trained engineer who kept a farm as his hobby. And was also a carpenter on the side. Uh, wow. But those are things that, you know, my, my one grandfather was a full-time carpenter, uh, but they kept a family farm. And then, you know, my dad, you know, yeah. us, us being in music, there's a lot of wisdom in just the practical nature of accomplishing a skill in a trade that apply And yeah. those lessons, you know, the measure measure twice, cut once, uh, the yeah. patience of a farmer, the the precision that you have to have Uh, as a musician and the teamwork and there's all sorts of different wisdom lessons that we get that we can experience the things that scripture teaches us and i think it's one of the one of the disciplines that we need to develop is not just reading theology and scripture but experiencing it through uh creation and experiencing it through relationship
1: yeah absolutely there's there's there is special revelation and there's natural revelation, and I think a lot of times some of us that are more uh, theologically minded who spend time in theological books or have you know professional theological training, um, you know, we have to be careful um, that we one we're not prideful, we're not um, self righteous and looking down on others who may be um, I don't know mechanics or farmers or, or whatnot because they have a lot of experience and they may be able to. Um, show faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, and patience a lot more than we can. <laughs> and so, and so it's it's a very humbling thing, um, especially in theological conversations or conversations in the church, to realize that, hey, I can probably learn a lot more from um, from Bob over there who never graduated high school yeah. um, than I can from the most seasoned and um, and intellectually uh, powerful theologian if I'm just humble enough to realize it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of the, the great the better sermon illustrations that I've heard are things that come from that kind of relationship. Yeah. Uh, I think of a, a gentleman happens to be named Bob that goes to our church. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, nearing the end of his run. He's it has got some, some severe health things that are going on and, and it's fighting yeah. to breathe. But uh, he and his wife, if the doors are open, they're there And and yeah. that faithfulness is as bad as they feel. Uh, as hard as it is for them, they get up and they're at church. And when you listen to them, uh, no, they're not the most uh, theologically uh, mm-hmm. trained, uh, classically trained folks. In fact, they would look at you and, and if you mentioned five theologians, they'd look at you and say, who, what, huh? <laughs> and uh, yet when you talk to them and when you have, when you're in class with them and when when we have... Uh, time to, to sit in fellowship, there's this sweetness and there is a, a love for God. And when, when, when they tell you their testimony, it, the, the, the love they have for God and the, the heart that they have for others and the way they can say, this is who I was. But God says, "This is who I am," and He's built yeah. me into the, I mean, there is, it, there's great sermons, but let me oh, tell you, absolutely. that moves your heart. I mean, I, I got tears coming in my eyes just talking about it. They're such yeah. sweet people, and and that yeah. that faithfulness that they've developed is <laughs> is something that that you know we've come to rely on and and love, and the the witness they give me is every week something that i can can grab a hold of and you know there's sometimes i've my pastor's fantastic he preaches the word really really well but there's sometimes with my adhd that i just have a hard time grasping a hold of it it's not that he's doing i'm the one with the trouble but looking at them that faithfulness encourages me in those days and it encourages me to keep pressing on when I don't feel well and that the yeah. kindness they have, I mean, it's just, you, we talked about, you know, the, the, that as, as a, as you get older, you, you soften a little bit. And that's something that they testify to uh, regularly. Yeah. It's just, it's such a blessing to have folks like that in and around. And it's, it's one of the provisions that God gives us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, can, I as I kind of look at, our conversation as a whole, and I'm trying to think, you know, what, what are like, what are are the practical, like maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking right now, maybe you're convicted. I'm not kind and gentle enough um, towards others. And I want to cultivate that in my life through the power of the spirit. Um, What would you, how, how would you say, Like, what are the, what are the things you need to do? I mean, again, go back to the beginning of the conversation. I think both of us acknowledge that, um, there, you know, the the words of Paul. It's you know, um, walk by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, pay careful attention then how you live. Um, there, there's an there's an active sense of this. Um, be filled with the Spirit. That could be a whole another podcast conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, you you know th- these things that we we have. Um, you know how how do, how do you how would you um, encourage someone to put these things on? How do you practice this in everyday life? What are the what are the 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 steps in the Christian Aerobics VHS? Keeping <laughs> us up with the What would you say it would be?
0: I I think it starts with being in the Word and in prayer, and I think the two yeah. of those things together. Yeah. Uh, one of the the things I I some time ago I was a, a traveling teacher between schools, and and my travel time most of the days happened to fall right when Alistair Begg was on the local Christian radio station.
1: Oh man, he's good. It's not just his accent, it's his content. too.
0: (laughs) And you know what? There's a gentleness that comes through his preaching that there, there are several other, I'm not going to mention names, but there are several um, prominent internet and radio preachers that I've listened to that I don't listen to often because there's a haughtiness that comes through. And, yeah. and with, with Alistair Begg, I don't get that. I get a humility and uh, especially in where I was heading with it was when he prays to start the study, the things he says, open the word to my eyes, apply it to my heart. But he has so many better ways of saying it. But that's essentially what he says every week. And, and that right there, as you open the word, I know I'm sinful, Lord. Show me my sin. Show me your love. Show me your grace. Show me how I can do this. Uh, and the word, it's it's there. And as you approach the word humbly, it will humble you. And when you're humble before the word, it's easier to be humble before others. Uh, and that that prayerfulness along with the word for me has been big. For me, also, one of the things that that really turned my mind around on how on the necessity and the requirement for me personally to really cultivate kindness and gentleness was in working with high schoolers and uh, my time as a high school band director uh, there were (laughs) some times when the stress of rehearsal overcame me and I was harsh Uh, and I have uh, a very strong vocabulary in terms of uh just a lot of words that i can pull uh and a mm-hmm. lot of them are uh you know when you string together enough words that have many syllables to them and you include with them a tone that says i'm not very happy right now that's never going to be perceived as kindness and uh, yeah. i've had to learn how to uh rephrase and to think uh, one of the the things i constantly have had to learn is it, the adhd thing And, and, and again, that idea of knowing the circumstance when I choose behavior and what I do is to think about time, place, and audience. Where am I? What, what's going on right now and who's here and who am I trying to talk to? Who am I trying to address? And what is my purpose about this? What am I trying to do? And, and those three things, time, place, and audience It's just constantly remembering that time. Purpose and audience, if you want to think of it that way. Um, yeah. Remembering that before I speak has really helped me to slow down my speech, to slow down my response time, and to uh, temper my words uh, so that I don't overboil and <laughs> and fry somebody with a whole bunch. So Yeah.
1: yeah. Words can either cut uh, to hurt or cut to heal, uh, and I and, think... Yeah, yeah. How, how you use words is very, is very important in this discussion. It's not just what you say, but how you say it yep. that uh, we all have to keep in mind and how it comes across. And, um, and I think you're right. I mean, as I was thinking about this, the the, the the primary things for me is you know let the the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So yes. fill your mind and heart with the word of God, and I think the Spirit operates within that context. I mean, the Spirit applies it to your heart. The Spirit reminds you of. God's word in those situations, um, and brings you to conviction when, when you are, um, heading the wrong way. Um, and I think, you know, what what you said a minute ago about the, the, the brothers and sisters in your congregation, like treasure them as, um, as, as brothers and sisters who are in this journey with you. Um, and I think of Paul's words to, um, to, to teach and admonish one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual to God with gratitude. And there's a sense in which um, the, the work of sanctification um, does not necessarily most fully happen um, when you're sitting by yourself, but it happens yeah. in the context of community. Yeah. And so I think as you're learning to apply the word to your life, you have to have other brothers and sisters around you who who can apply the word to your heart in ways you may not see it and, and be able to accept that in humility. Um and, and then lastly, you know, whatever you do, put on love, put on, um, and word indeed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, um, and giving thanks to God the father through him. That, that idea of, you know, are the words I'm saying, um, am I doing this in the name of Jesus? Am I doing this in love? You know, I, I ask myself questions like, you know, if, you know, how can I not show kindness to this person? after I realized the kindness that God has shown me in Christ and Mm giving me what I don't deserve, um, what I have not earned, how can I not be gentle to this brother or sister when God has been so gentle and patient with me? Um, You know, so I asked myself, how, what's the best way for me to reflect, demonstrate um, what God is like to image God to others? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's in kindness and gentleness. That's, that's the, the best way to glorify God. And that's the, the, the most fruitful way to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and so I think these, uh, it's, it's almost, it's almost too simple, right? Yeah, it is. Well, it reminds me
0: of the, the music practice room. Uh, you know, I can go in and practice all day long and master a particular passage. Then I Uh sit down in an ensemble and that tests whether I really (laughs) know the passage. And yeah. I can sit before the word and study and study and study. And man, I've got this theology thing nailed. And then I get to church and <laughs> and now I'm tested. And do I really oh, know man. it? And now I get to, to school for me with all the little ones and they test me. Oh boy, do they test. Do I have that okay. patience? <laughs>
1: I imagine you being a school teacher, your sanctification is probably far beyond mine. Just uh, in, in in that situation, day in and day out,
0: there are days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it's very easy to read these scriptures and say, "Yes, the the fruit of the spirit." You know, the, you know these things of of peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a good word. But then you put yourself in a situation <laughs> yes. where your kindness is put to the test, or where your gentleness is put to the test. It's really a question of do. Uh, Do you do you trust God and his word that this is the best way to respond or are you going to do something that um, may build you up or may protect you or may um, assert uh, your own power in that situation? Or can you control yourself under the power of God and demonstrate the love of God uh, to others? That's that's where the I guess the um, the the litmus test of this whole conversation is, is in those situations.
0: That right there is a great place to end it. I'm going to add one thing, and that is a scripture reading to finish with. It's not perfectly a strike on the the, the ending that we had, but I think it, it carries quite well. Uh, and that is in Philippians 4, starting in verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever mm-hmm. is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things, and then verse nine: whatever you have learned or received or heard, what did we just learn, receive, and hear? Uh, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, put into practice. And <laughs> yeah. God will, and God, the God of peace, will be with you, uh, and He will be with you as you put it into practice. He will put, be with you as you put it into your mind, and you think on such things. And that's one of the passages, as you were just talking about the, the uh, developing the, the patience and the self-control. Think about these things. If I'm going to think about them, I probably ought to do these things. Whatever probably. is true, is what I'm doing true, noble, or praiseworthy? Yeah. If it's not true, noble, and praiseworthy, I need to reconsider what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. and, and therefore reflect self-control and the fruit of the Spirit and show God working in my life and uh, with that i want to wrap up uh matt i want to thank you so much this has been a very enjoyable conversation for me i have learned a lot and uh i i look forward to trying to apply that thank you very much for coming and joining us and uh, we may see if we can invite you back one of these days
1: that'd be good i learned a lot myself and was challenged so i'm very thankful for the opportunity and hopefully i'll get to meet you someday
0: that would be fantastic we were talking offline about uh possibly uh they've got uh, t4g coming in louisville which is just a stone's throw for me actually a family that lives really close to town and so i may drift over for a day uh i've got school that friday or or during the during the week as well and i don't know if i'm going to be able to but i I may try to drift over one evening and uh, spend some time down there so hopefully uh everybody as you go through your week and your month and as you get before God's word and you come before him in prayer. Uh, this is something that, that you can do in seeking out the fruit of the spirit is, is to come to God's word in prayer and ask him to show you where to grow because he knows what part of it you need to grow first. Uh, and that will show you. And with that, we're going to wrap up. Thank you for listening. Uh, new episodes will be coming as soon as we can get them recorded. Uh, we thank you for listening and God bless